Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. I have some emails from the last hour. Let me clean up some of this stuff on the last hour's topic. Uh, We are also doing a bunch of uh, bump tunes today in honor of the late Jimmy Buffett. This is from Stan. He says regarding the uh, herd immunity that we were all I like I thought that's like when the covid hit and we were talking about herd immunity. And I remember this was one of those um, topics during the covid. Where I got the sense that people were not really arguing in good faith (laughs) that not all the people. But some of the people apparently didn't seem to be arguing in good faith all the time. Because do you remember there was this there was this moment? I mean, it was more than a moment. It was like a couple of days, it seemed like, where the concept of herd immunity was like a conspiracy theory. Do you remember that? It was early on, and we were like, well, you know, if it's ripping through the population, then you know, it's it's killing people, yes, but, you know, eventually if, if everybody gets it, then we can get herd immunity. And everybody was like, oh, you're crazy. Oh, you're going to do like a COVID party and in, intentionally infect everybody? I'm like, okay, no, I wasn't going to do that. But, you know, if if it's behaving like any other kind of communicable virus, airborne pathogen, then, yeah, like eventually we all get some sort of exposure to it and and then we then we'll be fine. If we live, obviously. But there was this moment where that seemed like an argument that was like out of Alex Jones's Infowars shop. And that's always been the case, though. That was always the case. Herd immunity, this is not, this wasn't controversial. But all of a sudden it became controversial. And then, of course, it was okay again when they got the vaccines developed, right, with Operation Warp Speed under Trump. And we got all the shots and it was like, okay, now everybody can get the shot and then we can all have herd immunity. And then they showed us the little, uh, right? Remember the the PSA with all the matchsticks and they would light the fire and each one would catch the next one on fire until one of the matchsticks steps out of line and, oh, it stopped. See that? That's how we stop the virus. Right. So then all of a sudden it was cool again. Stan says, you would think that by now we would have gotten to herd immunity as far as COVID is concerned. Could it be that such a high percentage of people got vaccinated and therefore don't have natural immunity that will never get there now? Everyone I know that's had COVID recently is a triple vaccinated, 100 times boosted. Okay, so uh, first off, everybody is going to get it. Everyone's going to get it and they're going to be different versions of it. Whether you got the shots, whether you did not get the shots, everybody is going to get it and everyone's going to react in whatever way they're going to react. That's that's my take on it now. I know people that have gotten the shots and and got COVID. And I know people who did not get the shots and have gotten COVID multiple times. People want this to fit inside of a political box where they made the right choice. 
and everything else becomes this sort of motivated reasoning. I said this during the pandemic that I don't think we are equipped to have this conversation. I really don't. I don't think our society is equipped to be able to. I mean, because look what happened when people would say, hey, you know what? Um, I'm not going to get the vaccine. And then what? You were accused of trying to kill elderly people. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I'm not Andrew Cuomo. Too soon? Is it too soon? So I don't know why everybody got so invested in everybody else's decisions. Well, I do. Actually, I do. It's because people were afraid. There was a there was a mass panic going on. I remember. In fact, I documented it daily on a podcast. This is what I did all during COVID. I was doing a show and it kind of sort of, well, almost always was about COVID uh, data and science and the governor's press conferences with a good bit of making fun of Mandy Cohen and my good friend Ray. I mean, yes, there were other things I covered, but yeah, like the, the, the discussions and debates that were occurring at this time were not rational. I kept talking about, I've mentioned it several times since I've been back at WBT as well. There is a video. You can go find it. Japanese researchers stuck these two dudes into like a single wide trailer, basically. Actually, it was like a, it was like a, a, a container, like a tractor trailer container, right? Or like a shipping container. And they stuck them in there, and it's all black, it's dark, and they got them sitting in there, and then they shoot this little green laser through the air, and then you see them talking. They're talking to each other in different volumes, and as they talk, there's a whole cloud of particles coming out of each of their mouths, and you can see the micro droplets that get suspended in air. They're so small, they're lighter than air. They don't they don't sink to the floor. Some do, but some do not. And these are the plumes of the lung juice, I called them, that people would walk through then and inhale that. And that was the spreading function. So what's the way to beat that? What's a way to beat that? Well, my preferred course was er- muzzles on everybody. Shut up, everybody. That would be the first thing. Just everybody stop talking. But that that's almost as like, not feasible as locking everybody down for six months, you know? So I opted instead for ventilation. Open windows, crank up the fans, get airflow going, and it will disperse the micro droplets. That was done. We we knew that when COVID first hit. That science and data already existed. But so many people... Too afraid, too afraid. And look, I I was worried about overrunning the hospitals as well. Absolutely. I was, that was the whole point, but the whole point was only a couple weeks, right? That was the whole 15 days, right? We were just going to do it 15 days and we're going to make sure that we don't overrun the hospitals. And I think most people, I mean, virtually everybody that I encountered and I spoke with, well, on social media, of course, they were, they were all, yeah, we got to see, we got to make sure that the hospitals don't get overrun. Right. Okay. And then it didn't happen. So, and now we have the control group of Sweden to look at for reference. And they actually came out ahead of us. Um, John Stewart says, uh, oh, people hate to admit they may be wrong. Yeah. No, it's, 
That's true. It's it's way harder for people to acknowledge they got something wrong, especially if it involved any kind of deception. And I remember reading a study about this. People who get conned, who get tricked, people who are more well-educated are less likely to ever acknowledge that they got conned, that they were tricked. Because they believe they're too intelligent to be tricked. When a lot of times, <laughs> it's the exact opposite. Um, I thought I had uh, another message. Oh, I did have another message. This one was over on, uh, on Twitter. Regarding the blood drives, Pete, are we expected to show up for all of the blood drives? Yes, Russ, we want all of your blood. You've got to give it all to us. It's the small price we pay. Um, do, 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 do. I'm checking to see. Oh, oh, I did have one on the, what was it? There was someone, one over here on the ivermectin. Mm, I don't know where it went though now. Oh, here it is. Andy says, there must be some ivermectin properties uh, in that Swedish fish, maybe. That's possible. That is possible, right? Maybe, I don't know, does Ikea sell all of their furniture like made out of horse paste? Is that what happened? Yeah, it could have happened, right? And look, the, that was another uh, that was another indicator during the pandemic. When some doctors come along and they're like, hey, you know, there's a drug. It's already on the market. It's already beyond the patent or whatever, so it's free for everybody. It's really, really cheap. And we use it for all sorts an antiparasitic. We can use it for this other stuff, make a cocktail, whatever. And no, no, you can't do that. And then people were ridiculed for it. Pharmacies were like, we're not giving you that drug. That's off label. Oh, he's eating horse paste. That's a horse drug. Yeah. And my cat's on a blood pressure med that I'm on too. So not only does it save us money because we just split our meds, but no, it, Drugs get used off-label. Off Things that they weren't... Viagra was an off-label side effect. Yeah, they made it for something else, and then they like put it out into some Scottish town, and they were like, hey, do these like random controlled tests or whatever. And, and they're like, okay, tests are over. It's not really doing what we thought it would. And all the people were like, nope, sorry, you're not getting the pills back. I'm like, what do you mean? Give us our pills back. It's not doing what we said it was going to do. Like, no, 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 you're not getting your pills back. So... Why would you tell people don't try drugs that might work? I said this all throughout the pandemic as well. We are either practicing battlefield medicine or we are not. This is either a global pandemic that has prompted us to shut down everybody's business, all of the schools, right? We either did all of this stuff because we're in a war with the smartest virus ever or we're not. It's sort of like climate change, right? When the people who tell me that we are destroying the planet, we're going to be dead momentarily, when they start you know, making changes in their personal lifestyle, like selling off a couple of their homes, not taking the charter planes, the private jets, right? When they start making those types of lifestyle changes themselves, then I will believe them. Call themselves sailors, 
play fiddle tunes under the stars. Petticoats rustle, working shoes scuffle, shuffle on down to the bars where the jukebox is blasting and the liquor is flowing. That's cause everyone here is just more than contented To be living and dying in three-quarter time You know, for a guy who sang so many songs about just wasting away the days and such and just, you know, hanging out and beach bum lifestyle, he certainly was a workaholic <laughs> in his real life. Jimmy Buffet. Uh, yeah, that was nautical wheelers. So have you heard that uh, Joe Biden's got himself a war room? Yeah. It's where he does battle with staircases and such. No, I kid the president. I kid. He, uh, no, they set up a war room uh, in order to get ready for impeachment. So he thinks he's getting impeached. Right? You don't set up an impeachment war room if you don't think you're getting impeached. Right? If you're like, there's no way. They don't have any kind of a case. No, I'm sure they would say for public consumption, they'd say something to the effect of, um, well, you know, those crazy Republicans... They don't need any evidence whatsoever. It's all a political witch hunt. Can Biden say witch hunt? Is he allowed to do that? Can he can he play the witch hunt card? Because he's going to sound an awful lot like you know who, right? Somebody else who uses the term witch hunt to describe his impeachment, right? <laughs> it's comical to me <laughs> how the left rails against Trump and then exhibits all of the things that they say they hate about him. It's just one of those things. It's always been comical to me. The impeachment of Joe Biden is coming and Democrats know it, says Karen Townsend at hotair.com. Even the White House knows it. They know you know it. They know you know they know. Everybody knows. Everyone knows it. They are preparing for war. A war room of two dozen lawyers, legislative aides, and communications staffers. Okay, you guys are going to lose. If you're going into war with lawyers and aides, like, mm, not, no. Oh, and, and some comms people. <laughs> okay. They're going to lead an aggressive response to a likely Republican impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. With so much information coming forward, it's hard to ignore the mounting evidence that President Joe Biden is compromised. The evidence coming forward shows a corrupt career politician who traded access for big money, big money, big money, through his son, Hunter Biden. It is so obvious that only the media wouldn't see it. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply, food, water purifiers, lighting, 
tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply, will you be ready when the lights go out? one particular harbor i know that's a fan favorite but it's one of my favorites too i mean i'm a fan so it could be my favorite too although maybe it's a long distance dedication uh to uh to joe biden one particular harbor that's all he needs maybe that's why uh, got the war room he's going to the mattresses he's got two dozen lawyers legislative aides comms people the likelihood of impeachment being successful is not good, says Karen Townsend. Now, why? You got a slim Republican majority in the House. I talked about this on Friday with uh, Brett Winterbull for our uh, Friday hangover segment that we do every Friday. Uh, he starts his show and I hang around, I hang over for one segment with him. And we were talking about this. And I, I think there is there's something like burned into the psyche of Republicans about impeachment that they they just know that they're going 
to pay the price if they impeach a Democrat president, that their people are going to vote against Republicans for impeaching a Democrat president. Now, it never goes the other direction, of course. Right? You can impeach all of the Republicans you want, apparently, and that's totally fine. But, uh, no, the, 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 uh, the uh, Republicans seem like they are very worried that if they impeach Biden, they're going to suffer some ballot box ramifications. So they have this slim majority in the House. And that means you've got Republicans who won districts that may have gone for Joe Biden. So that's what's concerning to them. There's also the Senate. The Senate would have to convict, right? The Senate is controlled by Democrats. Biden also is going to have the media on his side, right? Yeah. I mean, have you seen this video? I have not pulled the audio because it's Philip Bump and he's just, he's so annoying to listen to, especially when he starts flailing, which he did. He was on some podcast. I watched the entire interview. It was over an hour long. And uh, I'm trying to remember the guy's name. His first name is Gnome, but he, uh, it's like the, the guy owns the comedy seller and he does a, he does a YouTube podcast and he's got Philip Bump. Philip Bump is a Washington Post columnist. And he invites him on the program because he says, I was asking who's the smartest person that's like, that doesn't believe all of this stuff about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and all of that. And Philip Bump's name came up. And so I reached out to the Washington Post and they booked him on. Now, apparently they booked him for a 45 minute interview and Philip Bump then started getting mad because it ran over an hour, ran closer to an hour and 15 minutes. And towards the end, he just kept saying, you know, this is too long. It's going too long. Yes, I'm upset because I got to leave. You know, you asked me for a 45 minute interview and now I'm, you know, uh, now it's been an hour and 15 minutes or something. I think that was an excuse. But what was telling to me was what the, uh, the host kept asking these different questions and Bump got really defensive because the guy wasn't believing whatever Bump had to say. And Bump just kept dismissing all of it and, you know, mocking because he, he said, oh, well, Trump was on with Tucker Carlson. Oh, of course, Tucker Carlson. He's, he's, that's the way he sounds. That's, that's my Philip Bump impression. He sounds like, like this. That's why I'm not playing you any of his audio because he's like super annoying to listen to. So the very last question, though, before he ends the interview The host says, what do you make of the text message from Hunter Biden to his sister, Ashley, that says, I got to give pop 50% of all the money I make. And Philip Bump says, well, I don't know what that means. That's just gonna, I don't know. And Gnome is saying, well, wait a minute. Um, shouldn't that be explored? Right. Do you have something, Bernie? Oh no, I'm sorry. Okay, I saw Bernie move the mic. Okay, all right. I thought you, uh, I thought you had something. Um, so the the interviewer is saying, why isn't the media pursuing that? Right? Because Philip Bump spends an hour saying there's no evidence connecting Joe Biden to any of Hunter Biden's dealings. There's no evidence. That's what he keeps saying. Sorry, he keeps saying there's no evidence. So there is evidence. That's why you explore the evidence. That's why you look at it. And if you were an honest media, right, you would look at 
this text message that says, I have to give dad 50% of all the money I make. That is direct evidence. Right? I think so. I think that's direct. Or is that circumstantial? I think it's direct evidence. It came from the laptop. So he throws this at Bump and Bump just dismisses it saying he doesn't know what. Sorry. I don't know what it means. Well, shouldn't you figure it out? Einstein, right? Shouldn't you go explore that piece of evidence to see if it's true to find out what it means? Maybe you could ask Hunter Biden or Joe Biden. Hey, did Hunter ever have to pay you 50% of all of his business deals? Why would he tell Ashley Biden? Why not ask Ashley Biden? Hey, did you know this? What did he mean when he sent that to you? What did you think he meant? He likely took bribes. That's where the evidence points. It is likely he took bribes. One of the things literally mentioned in the Constitution when it comes to impeaching a president. Bribery. No phone call with Ukraine. That's not listed in there. Bribery and treason are both specifically named in the Constitution as impeachable offenses. Millions of dollars exchanged hands while Joe Biden was vice president. Now there comes bank records that shell companies were established and the money was even divided up to some extent to Biden's grandkids and his son, Bo's widow. It was a family enterprise with Hunter being the salesman and CEO and Joe was the company board president. And the White House keeps saying what Philip Bum says. There's no evidence, despite all the evidence. So they got a war room set up. It's taking its guidance from the 1998 Bill Clinton impeachment blueprint. Democrats want to make Republicans pay a political price for launching impeachment proceedings. The Biden team's war room is structured to wall off impeachment and other Republican-led investigations from the broader White House to help allow other administration officials to focus on governing without getting bogged down in the minutia of ongoing investigations. Right. And the only reason that that strategy works is if you have a compliant, complicit media. If they allow you to wall it off, that's the only way the strategy works. All right. You may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while, and it's a great organization. They got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid. And back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. It's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. She said, I can't go back to America. 
goddamn cold It's gonna snow until June Yeah, they're freezing up in Buffalo Stuck in their cars And I'm lying here Need the sun and the stars Customs man tells her that she's gotta leave She's got a plan hidden up her shrewd sleeve Wants to find her a captain a man of strong mind And in the direction he blows will be fine so please don't say mañana If you don't mean it I have heard those words for so very long Don't try to describe the ocean News Talk 1110-993-WBT. The phone number's here, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. And, of course, the email, Pete, at thepetecallinershow.com, and on Twitter, at Pete Calliner as well. Let's go over here and get Bud on the program. Hello, Bud. How are you? Hey, Pete. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. What's up? All right. Well, listen, I think impeaching Biden is a trap. And let me tell you how that trap would be sprung. Or would be sprung. Um so the House impeaches Biden, and surprise, the Senate convicts. Biden's out. The current vice president, I shudder to say it, becomes president. Mm-hmm. Now we have an open vice president slot, and the Democrats put in whoever they want, someone who's more popular than Biden, a stronger candidate, maybe someone named Kennedy. Robert Kennedy? Uh, any Kennedy will do. <laughs> Well, I think he's the last one, but no. I, yep, oh, yeah, no, they got that I'm other saying. guy from well, Rhode Island. All I'm saying yeah. is that that opens up uh, the VP slot for whoever they want, and, and that person will uh, be running for president. Yeah, and they'll get the first female president. I mean, not elected, but they'll get the first female president. And then, But, but here's the thing. I've always looked at Kamala Harris as the insurance policy to keep Biden in. Because, because she was such an awful candidate. Like, she was not yeah. somebody that would challenge him. You never want somebody in your VP slot that wants the gig, right? Yeah, well, I agree 100%. The problem is who's going to fill, the, if she becomes president, who fills that vice president slot? That'll right. be the candidate for next year. Well, that's right, for 24. Oh, I see. So Kamala Harris then doesn't run for president, whoever's the VP would run for president. Yeah, that's, I get, I mean, that could happen. Sure. I don't know. But I mean, here's the problem. Yeah. I don't know who else they've got. That's a popular president or candidate. Anyone other than Biden. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I I really, I I really don't know somebody who doesn't have a lot of name ID. Maybe you get Gavin Newsom, but hello, California. I mean, just look at that state. It's like, it's a, it's a walking, you know, billboard against him. So well, the, the, <laughs> do you think the Democrats will think that same way? No. Yeah, no, they probably won't. <laughs> right. But I appreciate the call. All right. Hi, buddy. Take it easy. Um, no, that's, that's a fair, it's a fair concern. Right. Because what if you impeach him, what if you win? Right. Like what, what if it's so bad? Now, here's the other thing. Do you impeach him and then just drag it out until after the election? Right. You get the inquiry going 
And then you're like, well, you know what? We're just not going to impeach him right before the election. We'll let the American people. Oh, it'll be like the it'll be like the Mitch McConnell deal and the Lindsey Graham deal on the Supreme Court vacancy. Remember when they were like, we'll let the American people decide. And then Trump got the election and then he got to fill the seats and the, the left is like, burn it all down now. And so maybe we just do that. Make that kind of a deal. Hey, look, we're going to impeach this guy. So you can have the guy that has not yet been impeached or you can have the guy that has been impeached twice. These are your options. How's that? How's that grab you? Right. And this way it, it prevents him from from being DQ'd. You make him run the race. Look, if I'm thinking of this right now, you know, uh, political strategists have thought of this months ago, you know. Uh, Sarah Bedford at the Washington Examiner says it was supposed to be a life-changing event for the Biden family, according to the president's brother, James, in 2017. A lucrative deal with a Chinese conglomerate was netting millions for James Biden, his wife, Sarah Biden, the president's son, Hunter Biden, and their business partners. They were eyeing a high-dollar transaction that could, quote, set us free, according to James. The Chinese company, CEFC, it already had a cozy relationship with the Biden family, One of its executives appeared to share an office or office space with Joe, who was then just months removed from his vice presidency, as well as with Jill. Sorry, Dr. Jill Biden, who also has COVID now, by the way, Um, James and Hunter. So they were all buddy, buddy, hanging out in the same office space. The group had discussed the uh, prospect of cutting Joe in on the profits should he remain out of office. That, according to uh, Rob Walker, one of the former business partners, he told the FBI that. But by uh, 2018, the joint venture with Hunter and James and their Chinese partners had dissolved. In the years since, including in July, the U.S. government has said in multiple court filings that it viewed CEFC as a foreign agent seeking influence for China. See, this is why it matters. China is looking to buy influence. And they were sharing an office with the vice president. 